Okay, so we all have a we spoke about the Taiki of Knias of Riches. And he said uh, the important point, and the first point, is when a person focuses on what they see in this world, instead of eliciting a type of something, it, it, it brings them to the conclusion that what's bad for him, what's not good for him. And then he continues, Abu, Whenever a person is clear to him that the good that he thinks he's going to get from whatever it is that he's that the temptation wants to give him, it's crazy the game is completely false. But it's imagined. It's not going to last. And what he's going to lose from it, what's bad about it, is really going to harm him. Or it's very likely to have a negative result. For sure he's not going to want it. Okay. Therefore, the way to get to precious is a person trains his mind. Firstly, to recognize the weakness of the tainug. We'll talk about what the weakness means in a moment. Veshikram and why it's false. Because when that's clear to a person, that will automatically you won't want them and won't be hard for him to distance himself from them. So there's two things. Number one is the chuljus of tainug, and the other one is the shakram of tainug. The chulsha, the weakness of the tainuk. What is the weakness of the tainuk? And that is, and this is the important point. It's the, when we call the Yates' way of of um, distorting a person's vision. And that is, when a person wants something, and uh, whatever time is involved in it, so it becomes an ex- something which is extremely important. He very much wants it. He has to have it. It, it disturbs his uh, thoughts all day and all night. It becomes a major, major thing which is important for him. And out of proportion to how valuable it really is, or how important it really is, and then as soon as the person gets it, then it shrinks back to the size of what it really is. And the person knows himself kind of saying, like, why do I make such a big deal about this? It's really nothing so amazing. And the answer is, this is one of the, so to speak, the psychological tricks that a person's yet to compare him. And that is, it makes something disproportionately important to him. And because of that, it becomes something which is willing to do so much and try so hard and risk so much to get because right now it looks like to him the most important thing there is. And uh, once he's, he's been led, led down that road, even if he is going to get it, he suddenly sees there's nothing so amazing. There's nothing worth so much in it. So why did I do it? So that's what he calls the Chul Shusatayinuk. The Chul Shusatayinuk is as much as a person thinks that he really wants something, the, the Chul is to see how little pleasure there really will be in it. And how much, how much, how much of a disappointment it's going to be. How much of a disappointment it's going to be. How does a person do that? Suppose person understand what's the Yates' skill in making something seem like it's such a big deal, something so much a person wants that they're willing to to invest everything to get it. So we've spoken about this in the Midas volume also, and that is, there's the concept of the imagination, which is what the Yetzir works on. Because if it was just the, the, the sensory gratification I get from something, so then it's limited. Um, so 
smells nice, it looks nice, uh, whatever tastes nice, whatever it's going to be. Okay, so there's a certain there's a certain amount that drives a person or that pulls a person. But when a person's imagination gets involved, so then the imagination basically magnifies everything. And therefore, if something was from I'm not allowed to eat. But I said, wow, it smells so good, I'm sure it's delicious. Not only that, I'm, uh, being as I haven't actually experienced it, so my imagination starts to multiply how wonderful it's going to be, how fantastic it is, how much, how much I would enjoy it. And all that is all product, what he calls, it's crazy of the gamry. It's all completely not true. It's just multiplying something which is not nearly as good as it's meant to be, as a person now thinks it is. Now, why, why does it have? And the answer is simple. If a person can get what they wanted, they'll just get it. And then straight away they would see it's not so worthwhile. And so when a person can't get something, so now it plays in their mind that they want something which they can't get, and now it starts to take on proportions of being much greater than what it really started off. And it's not just the dafka bavera, it's the same technique which works for lots of things. Whatever a person doesn't have and wants and can't get, becomes him like something so, 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 so much more than it really is because in his mind it, 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 it works in the person's imagination of how, how what he wants translates into how good he thinks it's going to be. So the first look at it is if we're aware of that. And the amazing thing is, if people can do this again and again and again and again and again and again and again, and they always make the same mistake again the next time. And then, I don't think I've been through this process so many times already. Uh, each time, uh, once again, this is the this is the one. This is the thing. This is going to be the real pleasure. This is going to overtake everything else. Once. Did you say that last week and two weeks ago and three weeks ago? Yes, but this is special. It's just the same system happening again and again. Uh, people in a line from lifestyle, for example, who are always looking for a, a different uh, a different uh, partner, whatever it's going to be. So they'll convince themselves every single time that. This person's different, this person's special, this person's unique, whatever it's going to be. Let's go to the next one. And it does, it's not. And the next one they feel the same way. And what changed? What changed? Nothing. But it's that same factor of which, which in a person's mind, uh, so to speak, magnifies how much they think something is. And even if they've fallen for this in the past, they're going to fall again. And that's the first point. The, the way to overcome a answer for something is to put it into, put it into proportion. It's true, it may be, have a certain, uh, it might smell nice, it might taste nice, it might look nice, whatever it might be what I'm talking about, whatever the air, air is going to be, but that's all it is at the end of the day. It's nothing so fantastic. And imagine that limits the first look at it is the, how strong a person, how much stronger a person wants something. That's what it calls the foolish of the tainu. Look for the weakness of the tainu, which means if you take away the, the imagination, the, the demeanor out of it, so what's left is something very little. The second point he says is the shaker. And that is, it's not something which is going to last. It's not something which is going to last. As opposed to maybe the damage a person is going to do by doing something wrong is going to last, but the, the, the amount he's going to gain from it is, is, is temporary. So you may that when a person thinks about those two things, that uh, whatever I'm going to gain anyway, it's not long term, and it's not, um, it's never as good as I think it's going to be. So that's okay. So as much as a person still has the Yetzirah, but nevertheless, it's easier for him. 
it's not hard for me to overcome it because it's, it's lessening, so to speak, how strong the challenge is. And this is something that uh, the great Meshkech of Yechem used to say also. And it was called being Mamayat Denisayim. Which means, rather than trying to fight my Yetzir for something it really wants, and it's hard to fight because I think that I really want that thing. So the easiest, the, 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 the first step is to, to so to speak, Mamayat Denisayim. To make it not such a big deal. And that's the only explain over here. Because then automatically it doesn't become such a big deal to overcome anymore. It's not like I have to feel that I'm sacrificing so much, I'm giving up so much, I'm losing out on everything. It's like, what's the big deal? It's not, a, it's not even such a big sacrifice. And remember, it's easy for me to do it. Definitely. When you put it together, the second part of the term says, and that is the, the how much I'm going to lose out from doing it. And that's something which outweighs what I'm going to gain. So then it's not, then it's not a challenge at all. Then it's the, the, the logical response is going to be, well, then don't do it, because you're going to lose more than you gain. And that's why he looks at it. Now, the Chiddush here, is like he's going to explain to us, and this applies to whatever the Yetzirah is going to be. Whatever, the, whatever it's trying to form to do, he can put this principle into practice. He's going to give examples. You know, the pleasure of food, it's the most that a person is senses and feels. In other words, both his uh, eyes and his tongue and his sense of smell all are involved in the enjoyment of food. And on the one hand, that's why it attracts a person. But on the other hand, how much pleasure does food give me really? The pleasure he gets from eating is the amount of time it takes him to swallow. Once he swallowed the food, there's no pleasure anymore. So as much as food is tempting to him, and wow, it looks so good, but think, how much time are you actually going to enjoy it? A few seconds. That's until for the time a person puts it into their mouth, until they've chewed it and swallowed it. That's it. And then the pleasure is over. So it's very temporary. Kevin Shiyatsi, man of the Yerbev Nehmeyim, once he left his mouth and got into his stomach, so then that's the end of the pleasure. And what you're talking about, the benefit that he gets from having eaten it, the, you know, the nutrients, or the fact that he feels satisfied, he doesn't make it difficult to eat. He'll be as satisfied if he eats fattened ducks, which was considered the biggest delicacy then. If he eats rough bread, it's the same thing. He's going to be full either way around. If he eats the shea, which is no longer hungry, so he can eat plain bread and he'll be full as well. So he says, we made a, people are so attracted into food, first thing is, how, how, how much of, a, of an enjoyment is eating? It's a very temporary enjoyment. And kosher uh, came, on the other hand, that's why he's talking about a food which he thinks might make him sick. Uh, the, the stomachache or the discomfort. Uh, it's also something that Kadmani uh, say a lot. When a person eats too much, so it, it interferes with his ability to think. Uh, they call it because of the Ashonim, which is like kind of the smoke from the digestion. Today we, we have a different reason for it. And that is, we know that digestion draws blood away from other organs to be involved in digestion. So we made it. Whereas a person, in order to think better, needs more blood flowing in their brain. When a person digests a lot of food, so they feel tired, they feel less able to concentrate because there's a lack of blood in the brain, it draws all the blood to the intestinal area to help in the, in the absorbing of the, of the food.
So all that's a long term loss for a short term gain. And if that's the case, you know, I'll call a Vadish Liyah with Adam Balaras, a business information want that. So you come out that the good I'm going to gain from it is minimal, the bad I'm going to gain is much more. So then I shouldn't want to do it even. What, what's, the, what's, the, what's the temptation? And so he just gives food as the example of something which, uh, which the pleasure is, as much as people make a big deal out of it, the pleasure is very minimal. If that's the case, then why should I want to get involved in it? It's, it's, not, it's not worthwhile, especially if there's a negative side to it too. If a person thinks about them, as much as a person thinks he's going to gain from them, it's temporary. And what's going to, the bad which is going to come from it is going to be much more difficult and much longer lasting. And therefore, for and they're making the question is this worthwhile or not? So as much as it would be nice, this question is not worthwhile. And if that's the case, then he wouldn't do it. Is that a question? Is that a question? So now, if it's not a question, so how come so many people make a mistake? How come so many people are misled by Tavis when the Thibus is shown? If a person just thinks it through, there's nothing to be misled by. And this is what the Thibus is shown said right at the beginning. And he's coming back to that when he said it again now. And that is, the reason why people are misled is they don't think. They don't think. So without making the, without actually thinking it through, how much am I going to gain? And what am I going to gain? And what, are, what risks am I taking? So then, uh, a person just gets led by something which I would enjoy, let's do it. So, and without, without weighing up the consequences, without seeing, even seeing through the steps of what's going to happen. Like I said, that's a Koyach The its biggest strength is that it, it's, it makes the person do something without thinking. And we always give the example, which is not my example, but I must have bring it, but it's a very good example of this, of the investor. The person comes to the store and says, this is not what's a fantastic investment for you. You see, just, just invest $100,000 and you'll see in three months you'll have your double your money. And the person says, you know what, explain to me what it is, I'm doing the biggest favor in the world, this is a one-time chance, you know how many people are trying to get, get into this deal? If you don't give me the money now, you'll lose it, you'll have lost it. And how many people are going to say, ah, ah, okay, so please, please take my money. And what, and as often happens in deals like that, they lose the money. And you ask, well, what was the mistake that they made? And the answer is, they didn't make a mistake in deciding, they never decided. The mistake they made was that they did something without thinking about it. And yes, the pressure to, yes, the allure of becoming wealthy, whatever it is, uh, overcame their minds. But the mice, had they thought about it, but like one second. They think it through. Does it make sense? Is it really such a good deal? And what are the negative sides? And what's the chance I'm going to lose? Then they, would, they wouldn't do it anymore. They wouldn't do it anymore. If the person allows himself to think, so then the, the picture becomes clearer that it's a stupid thing to do. The, the way that deals that people like that work, which is really, those people acting as a sultan to steal, you know, to take people's money, is that one that's a, a temptation for something which I'm going to do act on before I think. And that's the same that most, how most types work. And that's why what he calls the middle of precious is the, is the ability to, to be able to decide that this is what I want to do or before and I do it automatically. 
once a person can get to the stage of making a decision, so then he made it the 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 chance of the chance of uh, falling for the Yitzhar is much less. Now, there are a lot of places that this concept applies, which we're so used to automatically doing, we don't think that that's a, it's a, no, should we think it through, and, and should we, uh, first thing, Pichal, if, if it's worthwhile doing, if we do it or not. Which, uh, uh, so the stipend that he was once uh, in company with other no, people, Hashem people talking to him. While I was talking, his granddaughter comes into the room uh, with candies. And she said, what brach is the candy? So after the Sabbath, answered her, he said to his guests, he said, you see that, wasn't she going to ask me, should I eat the candy or should I eat the candy? That was a given. The question was just, what brach did I make? And he's talking with all kids, that, that's not uh, a tiny on them. He's trying to prove this point also. And that is, often people ask, not should I do or should I do it, the question is, how, how do I do it? That's the question that goes before that. Should I be doing this bichal or not? Was it such a given that, of course I want to do it, now the question is just how, how, or what, whatever it's going to be. So the person never contemplates the first point. Why is it important to precious? Because the underlying point of precious is the person's not looking uh, to for unnecessary pleasure. We saw before, and unnecessary pleasure in this world is a catalyst to do things wrong, and therefore a person is ne- shouldn't deprive themselves, and when a person needs, they're meant to have, they're not meant to suffer, but to look for pleasure for the sake of pleasure, they said that they, that they shouldn't do. Uh, let's give you an example. A certain suggestion, uh, a girl seminary, um, so I called to ask for advice, that uh, normally this time of year, they go to Eilat. And the one is, is it dangerous to go to Eilat? No. No. Is it a dangerous place to go to? Is it Asakana? Is it to go to Eilat or not? So I said, yeah, I have a different question. Is it Bichal the right thing to do to go to Eilat? There are people are suffering. It's the middle of a war. They're captives. There are people who are dead. The soldiers are the lives are in danger. Maybe now is not the right time to go on vacation. But... It was not passionate. Of course, you're going. Like, the only question is, are we endangering ourselves? They don't think bichlal is think of, think think bichlal is something we should be doing. And this example is the same idea. And that is, the, 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 the people assume what they're going to do. And now the question is, uh, what, what effects do it? How to carry that? But uh, that's what the terms is the point of precious is reassess what a person what you're doing. I think do you need to do this? Is it something which really is a, is a good thing to do? And then we made it, then what was taken for granted, of course I'm going to do. Now becomes a question mark. Maybe I shouldn't be doing it. Maybe better not to do it. And that's just one example. But he says, by every time, by everything in this world, what a, you, what a person got used to as assuming this is taken for granted, I do. So then, then if that's the starting point, they're not going to change. If a person also considers it, they think, actually, that maybe, maybe I shouldn't be doing this. Maybe it's maybe it's not worthwhile and it's not a clever thing to do, whatever the reason might be. So that's the case. It really brings the person to a different mindset, brings the person to a different understanding, and that is that uh, what I took for granted I should do, actually, there's no reason for it. There's no reason for it. And uh, when a person makes that cheshman, then we made it. Like I said, most things that the Yatsara pushes a person to do, 
well, you're no longer look at them as as an option because when a person starts to think and starts to weigh up, should he do or shouldn't he do, so the most often answer is going to be no. Because uh, when, I, when I don't just do it, I actually think about it, so then I see that most things aren't as necessary as or as important as I originally thought, and then anyway, then why waste the time or why involve myself in it? Like I said, especially those things which have a risk involved as well. Um, that's the insight of how a person looks and precious. And the important point is, as we always say, the point of precious isn't to force myself to do what I don't want to do. That I want to enjoy something, I'm going to force myself not to have it, to deprive myself. Normally that doesn't work, we always say the rule, that a person is meant to work with their body. And what they force their body to, which it doesn't want to do, is just is going to, so to speak, cause rebellion. It's going to make him fight himself. The point of the precious was against the place, which, like you said, at the end of the day, a person doesn't want to do it. Having, having thought it through, I, I, I've lost all friendship, but I don't want it anymore, and that's okay. Because I'm not forcing myself not to do something which I really want to do. I've gotten to the stage where I actually don't want to do it. I actually don't want to do it. Now that I don't want to do it, so then, I'm, so to speak, even that part of me is happy not to because uh, I've, I've realized it's not worthwhile. I've realized it's not worthwhile, so why, why, why should I want to do it? Why, why should I do it? The difference also is, and that is when a person gets to that stage, so it's not something which leaves the feeling of that I must out on something, and I wish I should have done it, and I'm, maybe next time I'm going to do it, because it wasn't that I, I really wanted to, and I prevented myself doing something which leaves me with that sense of loss. It's like exactly the other way around. It leaves me with a sense of, uh, well, I'm happy I didn't waste my time and money, and it wasn't something which was so worthwhile anyway. I guess that's the, that's the way to lower the the interest that a person has in whatever time it is not in Mazer. And no matter once once it's at that stage, then then it's not a hard thing to to avoid the time. And that's what he says, okay Asmu, the Yasmin The more a person gets used to it and there is Yasmin Biyuna, which means he focuses on things. He doesn't just do them, he thinks about them. And he weighs them for the right thing to do or not. In the Ma'at Ma'at then slowly he's going to lead himself, lead himself out of the depth of the sickness of the stupidity, which is bound by, in the concept of the chaymer, which is his physical side. We know those things which is, you just assume the, that, that that's what has to be, and you never thought about if it, is, if it should be like that or not. And it's just not going to be taken in by Whatever I know, which is a false pleasure offered him, like we saw before, to recognize what's false about it. It's not that the pleasures are not as much as it's made out to be, that's just imagination. When a person gets to that stage, so then the only thing he wants in this world is what he needs to have. And but anything else besides that, so then he, he doesn't see any interest in it, he doesn't see any value in it. And he made it, doesn't look for it. And that's a parish. The parish uh, makes sure that what he needs for his help or for his, for his life, that, 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 that he's going to do, but more than that. So he's, he doesn't see any, any reason why he'd want it. And he made it, he's, not, he's, no longer, he's no longer pulled, he's no longer swayed or tempted by it. Okay.